0: Hello and welcome, ladies and gents, to the Danalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I'm joined by Natalie. Game week 10's over, and I think I have PS... Uh, PS4. <laughs> I think I have a PS4. <laughs> I do have a PS4. I think I have PTSD, is what I was going to say. Uh, Arsenal have been robbed by a scandalous VAR decision, and I'm starting to worry that these awful controversies will never end. Elsewhere, Leicester announced themselves as the team of the moment, Brighton continued to show promise with another three goals, albeit with a little helping hand from VAR themselves. And Chelsea showed their ruthless streak with a 4-2 win over Burnley. I never thought I'd see the day, but the first rule of the Analysis Fantasy Football podcast, it's failed us all. Maybe it's something to do with the Friday Night Lights. Maybe it's just an anomaly in what's already been a very strange season. But the fact of the matter is, you could have picked anyone in the Leicester starting 11 outside of Indeedi as your captain this week and you would have outscored or at least matched the likes of Mane, De Bruyne, Abamyang, Aguero, Callum Wilson, Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount and many more it's ridiculous so Leicester seems like a good place to start but how much should we read into this result 9-0 is is a bit heavy
1: I feel quite bad for Indeedi now
0: Oh yeah, it's, it's such a sad time for him because he has actually scored like once or twice this season as well and then walks away with a mere three points in a game Aww. with nine goals in it.
1: I'd be so sad.
0: If if only Perez and Vardy could share some of their goals for the, the defensive midfielder, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? But I imagine there are plenty of happy Leicester player owners this week. You could have basically got, dub- I think, four players got double figure returns and then there were like five players who got more than 7 uh seven or more so it's absolutely crazy but what should we read into this Natalie because this is not going to happen every week is it
1: no i still think that um vardy is a good option i think vardy's been a good option since the start of the season because there's still a stat or something like vardy has scored the most premier league goals in the time since Brendan Rodgers took over Leicester, than any other player in the
0: Premier League. Well, he has gotten better under Rodgers, right? Like, or maybe maybe with the title-winning season aside, because he was really really consistent that year. But he's now the top scoring, uh, top scoring player in FPL. Yeah, he's overtaken De Bruyne. Um, obviously, if De Bruyne had been given the goal at the weekend, that would would have changed, but that's a pretty good return and he just seems to be flying at the moment and yeah as I was saying, Brendan Rodgers has he does seem to have improved Vardy in the sense that he is more efficient now like he's not super involved in the game he um he doesn't run about quite as much as he he used to but it's kind of like how Cristiano Ronaldo when he got older he just became this ruthless striker and I mean, Vardy was already that to a degree, but it it seems having a good coach who can tell him where to stand or when to run has improved his his goal-scoring capabilities. So I do agree. And what, he's 9.2 at the moment. And compared with Aguero, who is on 62 points and isn't even an assured starter at the moment, um, at 12.1 with 12 fewer points, like that has to be a bargain price. And Abraham... He's 7.8, so he's a little bit cheaper, but he's got a a 13-point lead on him now and outscoring Aubameyang as well. It's kind of starting to look like this Leicester team are actually good, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, but elsewhere in the team, you've also got Tillemans, who... I got rid of three weeks ago (laughs) on my wild card and now I don't feel so good. So this is like the FPL thing, right? Is as soon as a player that you owned once in the season scores, you're like, oh, I owned him in like game week three. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, no, (laughs) that's not it. Um, The
1: only worthy case of this was that two seasons ago when you had Mara's. Hmm. And then every time you had him, he didn't do anything or he didn't Oh, play. God, that was and then ridiculous. every time you got rid of him, it was really good.
0: Oh, God, I completely forgot about that. No. That, that was crazy. I <laughs> kept going back. It was a January transfer window as well where he was desperate to leave. And he was like, I think he was like at the airport or something, trying <laughs> to get a move somewhere and oh, outrageous. But no, um Tillerman's at 6.5. It's a very good price. And to be honest, like he's always been the player I favored over Madison. I mean, you could probably go back to our podcast at the start of the season. I was kind of going quite hard for Tillemans because not only is he cheaper, but I just think he's, he's more, um, I don't know, maybe he is a more consistent point scorer. He certainly was at the end of last season, but I think Madison has improved this year. He's been delivering a lot of goals and a lot of set piece goals and and, um, just long shot goals. But Tierlemans is very good value and he plays every week and it, it looks like he's actually playing further up the pitch. So uh Madison played a little bit more of a withdrawn role in this game, um, alongside Ndidi, and it was Tierlemans who was sort of playing playing one twos with Perez, who also looked very good, and I think he's down to six million now. So you could even look at Iose Perez as a a cheap option there, but surely it has to be It has to be Vardy who's a standout, right? If you're just going for one of these players.
1: Yeah, for sure. I don't really like Madison because I think he is a bit too expensive. Yeah. Um, Like for what he offers. And Perez, I don't buy that he's going to start every week and be consistent every week.
0: Was that the first time he scored in the league?
1: Mm, I'm going to say yes, but I actually don't know.
0: He's up to 42 points now. And it is indeed
1: assisting before
0: yeah he's got two assists but that's all he's done and that was against Liverpool when he came off the bench and against Newcastle when they won 5-0 um so yeah his first goals of the season so that what that makes it 10 million per goal good uh good little buy for Leicester there I I kind of like him but yeah he is risky in terms of in terms of minutes so Vardy is looking like a good option for if you're someone like me and you're you've got Aubameyang sitting in your team and you're starting to worry about what's going on at Arsenal you could just make that little downgrade and it frees up a lot of cash it's it's kind of a really because he's at nine nine point two it's a really quite easy move to make in that you can if you've got an expensive striker it's very easy to go down and you can balance your midfield or your defense a little bit more, but also it's not that hard to go up compared to going from like a, I don't know, going from like a Mope up to Vardy, uh, sorry, up to Aubameyang or up to Aguero is very hard to do. But you only really have to make one sort of lower, uh, you don't have to make a big downgrade in order to get him in, is what I'm trying to say. Mm. The question is, outside of Vardy, are they going to maintain it? And I mean, they do have a nice... A nice looking run ahead. They have Palace away next, which I'd probably earmark that as the toughest game in their next kind of seven or eight. So yeah, Palace and then they play Arsenal at home, which surely Vardy will score in that because he always does. And... Yeah, Arsenal look to be the, the current club in crisis. There's Brighton away, Everton at home, Watford at home, Aston Villa away, Norwich at home. That is a delightful run of games for a guy like Vardy who just loves goals.
1: Just a note that all the fixtures I've written down for this episode run until the weekend before Christmas. Hmm. That's just for everybody, just so hmm. you
0: know. Oh man, I've just seen... I hadn't actually looked at those fixtures... Um but now I'm thinking it's kind of a a move I'm going to have to make. I, I feel so bad about the idea of dropping Aubameyang, but I kind of, I do still have this harboring doubt about Leicester where, with the exception of this game, like, they don't tend to create a lot of great chances, but then there has to come a point, right, where you just look at them and you think these guys keep scoring. I mean, I've I've persevered with Aubameyang when Arsenal haven't been creating a lot of chances either because in my head, Aubameyang is better than Vardy, which I think is probably true overall. But when you look at the way that Leicester are performing as a team, they have a lot more of the ball. They have a lot more of the ball in dangerous areas. And I think a matter of fact is you're just going to score more goals if you if you play in that style. Whereas Arsenal, every game seems to be like a battle, even if we're playing the lowest ranked teams in the league so there's definitely a strong strong shout for him him there and also I think uh, Ben Chilwell at 5.5 not a fan of Leicester defenders but very impressed with his performance he's cheaper than um Pereira who I think is 6.1 at the moment
1: I think uh, he might even
0: be 6.2 6.3 Jesus what? I hadn't even seen he'd gone up that much yeah I, I kind of feel like um Pereira was the one who was kind of dazzling earlier in the season and I still obviously think he's very very good but Chilwell has been one of those players who's looked really good for a long time just hasn't really got the numbers in attack and this was really his game where he just he created so much I think he walked away with what two assists and a goal um 19 points in total that is frankly outrageous um so I think if you're going to look at a defender, the fact that he's cheaper than Pereira by 0.7 is enticing. And I don't really think there's that much difference between the two of them performance... Oh, sorry, 0.8. Um I don't think there's too much difference between them performance-wise. I think Chilwell is equally as capable of getting assists and goals. And uh, yeah, with that, that little fixture on, looks quite promising. But yeah, this result was so was so crazy. I mean... Do we think they're gonna, we're gonna? They're gonna keep up this kind of rampant performance level that they're showing at the moment? What do you think?
1: No, definitely not. Not unless the like someone from the opposing team gets sent off every game.
0: But that—that's the thing. Like this, surely wasn't down to the player getting sent off because I've seen plenty of games was. when can you be that bad? Can you really be that bad just because a player's been sent off? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not having it. You,
1: we're concluding, right, that Leicester aren't that good.
0: I'm concluding that they might be quite good. I- I'm concluding that they might be one of the top three teams in the league at the moment, or top four.
1: I mean, that's not that hard.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? So, how do you measure this? Like, is Leicester being quite good when Arsenal, Spurs, and Man United are all absolute shit? is that impressive Mm. are they are they only quite good because the rest of the teams are bad like I don't really know but no team has has scored nine goals away from home in the in the top league before so I guess there has to be something to that even if it is Southampton completely just downing tools and giving in um one thing that I did notice was a lot of the goals were assisted directly by Southampton players. I think Valerie walked away with two assists for, uh, for Jamie Vardy, which was, it was weird. Like it was just trying to, um, I think War Prowse did one as well oh. where they were just trying to like intercept crosses and they just passed it straight to the penalty spot. And I, I don't really know how you can explain that. Like there is no way to explain this kind of performance. It's such A crazy anomaly and surely Palace are going to give them a a tougher game but at the moment you just have to look at that form and think why question it why overthink this like a double up on Leicester is definitely plausible would I go for a triple up I don't love it but like if you had a triple up on Leicester this week it looked fucking brilliant and you basically got an entire games week worth of score in one game and that's That's crazy. So if they can do that against teams like Brighton and Everton and Watford and and Villa, then this team are going to be incredible. And they're all fairly priced. I think that's the difference, right? Like compared to an Aubameyang, compared to an Aguero, compared to a Sterling, they're putting up numbers that are comparable to those guys and they're a fraction of the price. And it's probably too good to ignore. Um, Moving on though, you've highlighted... Mendy Benjamin at 5.9 and I don't know I don't know why
1: Uh, you don't know why I've highlighted him yeah because I quite like Benjamin Mendy and I quite like the idea of having him in my team he started the last two Premier League games and Man City have kept clean sheets in both of those and he would have had the assist for De Bruyne's goal if Silva hadn't gotten the way of it
0: Hmm.
1: I don't Really like City's fixtures for the foreseeable, and he is expensive at 5.9. But I like the idea of keeping an eye on him hmm. because I feel like he was like, um, I can't remember what it was, but when he'd played earlier this, like either last week or the week before, and I was like, oh, but Mendy didn't get any assists, <laughs> um. Or like it didn't really seem like he'd been attacking that much. But in this hmm. game against whoever City just played, um, Villa. Yeah. It yeah. it felt like he was a lot more up the up the wing doing the attack, which is good, which is what we saw at the start of last season. So I just think he might be worth keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah, I guess it's another one of those players who's got the potential to be amazing, but we just haven't seen him last more than six games without getting injured before so that's that's the biggest question mark surrounding this guy at the moment and I also wonder if that makes him more of a rotation danger because Pep will be so focused on him not getting re-injured um especially over Christmas when the fixtures get really busy but he could certainly at some point in the season be be someone we look to who becomes a a genuine option. Um David Silva keeps coming away with points and he's 7.7. I was looking at maybe just I don't know. I I don't really know what I'm doing with my team at the moment because it's been so disastrous since the wild card, but he has been ridiculously consistent this season. And yeah, seems to be doing better numbers than than De Bruyne. And I've kind of been looking at De Bruyne and thinking of, I, I just don't want him. I don't know what it is. Like, I know he's one of the best players in the league, probably the best player in the league when when he's on, but he just doesn't quite look right to me. Like this weekend, he got the assist for, for the goal and before, uh, before the Dubious Goals panel got involved, it was given to him. <laughs> But I don't know, he just looks really strange sometimes. Like he'll have an amazing game where he should score like 10 million goals and he walks away with like three assists. And then he has another game where he can't control the ball properly, but he's still a threat. And I'm just looking at ways to kind of save money. And I think David Silver at 7.7 is pretty enticing. Um, I just also know that De Bruyne is going to start every game when he's fit. So it's it's maybe just me being a little bit trigger happy there. Um, Elsewhere in City though, Jao Cancelo at 5.3 is a little bit cheaper than Mendy, who you just mentioned. He's another one I'd like to highlight that, that we should be watching, because I thought he had a good game again. And I don't. Know, I wonder if Carl Walker is kind of being phased out now. He hasn't been particularly good this season. He has caused a lot of problems for City defensively. he's
1: quite old as well, Walker. He
0: is, yeah. I think he's, what, 31? He
1: must be at least 30.
0: Oh, he's 29. He's not 30 yet. Uh, yeah so i should shout out aston villa for this game as well because they did perform really quite well and i mean if we look at the goal that was scored by david silver which i still what did you think of that do you think that was a david silver goal no. i mean he says it was no it it didn't look like it at all to me i don't
1: know why he cared so much like he was really irate and i was like do you want to just shout yeah. out
0: well the funny thing is if the referee had just listened to him the goal would have been disallowed. But the ref was like, nah, it's Kevin's goal. And then you have this weird situation where the goal is given to Silver by a separate body who review the goal. And we now all know that if that was the case, if it was his goal, it should have been disallowed. And that was a goal that actually gave City some breathing space, put them 2-0 up. So it's kind of a a little bit of a unlucky situation for Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. And it's a very strange one because even with VAR, like you couldn't tell, like, I, I don't think there was any way to clearly tell. And I know some pundits have been like, oh, look, you can see the trajectory of the ball changes, but the trajectory of the ball changes because it hits the floor. Like you you can't really determine whether that is because it hit the floor while it was spinning or it hit his studs or what, but certainly from the position he was in, it's, it's plausible that, that he touched it. And it kind of seemed like a bit of a stupid thing to spend ages talking about. but um, So I'm going to stop talking about <laughs> it. But yeah, it it was unlucky for Aston Villa. And I thought they put in a really good performance. And Edison was, was one of the star men for Man City outside of uh, Raheem Sterling, who really could have walked away with two or three goals because he... He is just a man who's always in the right place at the right time at the moment and his finishing has just been hit, hit and miss. So he's another guy I'm sort of regretting getting out on my wild card at the moment. And yeah, I don't think City's defense has looked any better. So that is that is perhaps a worry, but then when you've got a guy like Edison keeping out, uh, did you see the McGinn shot where it just kind of ping-pongs around and I think it hit like a, a City player he struck it really well. It like, hit a City player and then it hit Edison in the face or something. He made it, an amazing save to stop it. I felt bad for all the McGinn owners at that moment. But they, they did put in a really good performance. And I've been continually impressed by Aston Villa. Um, You've also mentioned little Aaron Connolly in here, who's still only at 4.6. And I'm looking at these fixtures and I can't tell if they're good or bad because Brighton are really a new team. The
1: fixtures are really bad. But but let us all consider the fact that Connolly is 4.6. And he is a forward, which I keep forgetting because it's quite annoying that he's a forward. But if you do have some expensive men, like you have Salah and you have Sterling and you have, say, in your newfound team, you have Vardy and you have, I don't know, like, Abraham, then Connolly is quite a good price so that you don't have to really like scrimp on your defense you can still have like Hmm. expensive defenders and have like a solid team elsewhere as well he started all of the last three premier league games and he was only hooked at half time in game week nine because Aaron Moy got sent off I don't think the fixture is that good but as I said I think he is a great facilitator for the rest of your Hmm. team
0: you say that but Norwich at home next is obviously a a great fixture yeah. considering how they're playing at the moment they look like relegation fodder. Uh Man United away after that and they're far from infallible uh defensively. Then it's Leicester at home and Brighton I think they've scored 3 goals at home on three occasions so far this season. So that's that's encouraging as well. Uh Liverpool away obviously that's going to be a tough one. Then Arsenal away that who knows if that's going to be a tough one and then Wolves and Palace. So actually they're playing against teams I can definitely see them getting goals against, considering this this new style that they play with. And Conley at 4.6, I mean, who else are you getting at that price as a striker? It's Gr- Mason Greenwood, and he doesn't play. He comes on for a one-minute, sorry, a, a one-point cameo every game. So I think there's a there's a very good case for him there. And that's actually made me think of him a little bit differently, because... I'm looking to free some money up in my attack and I was going to consider someone like Mope, but actually Connolly, you could essentially just use him as a rotation player. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's kind of amazing. Like, I, I think he's a good rotation player as well, because he does look like a, a pretty high quality player and he, he does keep returning. Um, Elsewhere. We have obviously Mason, uh, not Mason Mount, Callum Hodson Odoi was the hype man of last week. And now it's Christian Pulisic who, who came in and scored a hat-trick while great guy hudson Adoy came off the bench and got booked for diving after winning a penalty. So it's, it's been a mixed bag for old hudson Adoy, but Pulisic looked very good. I thought Chelsea were ruthless in this game. I actually thought Burnley, for the first 30 minutes in particular, largely dominated this game. And they created probably two chances that Barnes should have scored. There was one at least where he had an open goal to aim at and he just completely balls up the header. I think the other chance was a bit harder to score. Um, but also Burnley gave away two goals because they, they gave away the ball deep in their own half just with really, really soppy passes. And then Pulisic just took it all the way and scored. So... It was a case of Burnley being architects of their own downfall, but I also thought Pulisic's finishing was incredible. At seven point one, is he a viable option when you've got Mason Mount and Hudson Odoi who are both cheaper, and Mason Mount is obviously starting every game, whereas Pulisic, I don't know. I don't know who's going to be the main sort of starting wide men for Chelsea. That's a problem, right?
1: Yeah, I don't like the idea that he might not start every game. No, I don't like that at all.
0: At 7.1 as well, that's nah. slightly too much, nah, right?
1: I don't like it. Apart of Sterling being the obvious uh, exception to the rule, but I hmm. only have players in my team who I know are going to start every game.
0: Yeah, I guess we can use the League Cup games in midweek to be slightly instructive on this because I think if we look at the other options that Chelsea have... There's Willian, Pedro, and Hudson Adoy. Surely Pedro's their... out.
1: Surely Pedro doesn't exist anymore.
0: Well, that's what I was gonna say. Pedro is clearly on the outside. He's he's not getting games at all. So he'll probably play in the League Cup, or even even will he? I don't know. Maybe he'll just go full young players. But I think we can we can make that conclusion. But then we've got two of Willian, Hudson Adoy, and Pulisic. And I guess you could make the logic leap that Lampard is playing young players. He's going to try and use Hudson Adoy and Pulisic as much as possible. But I don't really know enough about Pulisic yet, because I think I think that he wants to play on the left-hand side, which would mean that well, that's basically Hudson Adoy's spot as well. So you've got two players for the same same position, whereas Willian tends to play on the right hand side which makes me think there's got to be a rotation between these two. So it's probably a risk, but I mean, he did put in a an incredible performance and they do have a really nice run of fixtures. Uh, it's Watford next and then Palace. Man City away, which, you know, could be tough, but also the way this team are attacking, I wouldn't bet against them scoring. And it's West Ham, Villa, Everton and Bournemouth. So... Chelsea, much like Leicester, I think you have to look at them and just think this team are ridiculously consistent. But then I think a lot of people listening to this podcast might already have three Chelsea players anyway because Mount and Abraham were so spectacular at the start of the season and, and Tomori's been a popular pick lately. Not Still not sure on the defence, but you know he's cheap and he plays for Chelsea, so it, it does make some sense. A defence I am becoming increasingly more sure of, though, is Watford's. It's been somehow improved or have they just come up against bad attacks
1: i don't know but we've both come to the same conclusion and we both traveled down separate avenues and came to the same junction that's a new idiom that i've just come up with you're all welcome
0: (laughs) sensational thank
1: you what was your question oh (laughs) was it bad attack i don't know i can't tell you who they've played for the last three games but
0: Mm, bournemouth was one of them
1: yeah
0: (laughs) well they they seem like they can't score that's a big issue yeah it doesn't
1: matter it doesn't matter that they can't score just don't get the attack is it and
0: yeah that's been a big issue since the start of the season but they've played sheffield united a game in which they drew nil nil and they should have won um they drew one all with spurs away from home and yes this weekend they drew nil nil with bournemouth and it does feel early to make conclusions, but in a in a league where barely any teams are keeping clean sheets, when you can see Daryl Yamat with a a starting berth in this team, priced at four point three, I think that's some potential good value because he is a player who's historically been quite good for attacking returns. And the problem with owning him has always been that the teams that he's played for have been quite bad at keeping clean sheets, but he's usually been been quite reliable going forward. So I think as a sort of fourth or fifth option, he could be someone you could look at getting if you wanted to downgrade someone from your defence, or you just wanted to cash in on on a player that you've built up some value in. I obviously moved Willy Bolly out because I got him in on my wildcard, and then he picked up this horrendous training injury, which sounds like is going to keep him out for a long time. Um... I've heard it was a fracture or something and they were determining whether or not they needed to do surgery. So I was like, OK, I'll just make this transfer and get him out. Um, but yeah, of all the places in Watford to look, I think Yanmat is is a pretty interesting uh, potential player.
1: So the reason we were looking at Jan anyway, is you just said, was because of Bolly's injury. Yeah, my problem is because I did think about going to Jan and I also thought about going to Tamori. But the problem is that I went to Bali because I was downgrading Sinchenko, who was, like, hmm. I guess kind of a more expensive, like, premium defender. And I didn't want to lose all of the money. Like, I didn't hmm. w- not lose, but I didn't want to put all of the Commit. money in the bank. Because I yeah. wanted to have some to still then, like, upgrade again to like, a more expensive hmm. guy if I wanted to. The problem is with going all the way down to, like, Yanmat is then I've got rid of all that money. It's sitting in my bank and I'm going to think I'm allowed to use it. But actually, what if I want (laughs) to save it for something else? Which is why I was looking at Mendy because I was like, oh, I can afford to go up to Mendy, but I don't want Mendy because the fixtures are bad and, like, is he going to die in two weeks' time?
0: You sound like you just want Mendy. You should just do it. Follow your heart. No,
1: I don't want it. I don't like the fixtures. The fixtures are horrible. I don't want it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's a good price. I think he's... Potential good value, I'm toying with the idea of playing him against Chelsea just to be different. Because
1: really I need <laughs> I need a third, I mean I need a second defender that I'm going to play every week. That's mm. that's my problem, is mm. at the moment I have three who I ro- rotate and then I want to have two that just play every week regardless of fixtures. And I don't have that anymore now.
0: Um, How much money do you have to commit to it?
1: Um... Like six
0: million. Can I interest you in a in a Kieran Tierney? No. <laughs> uh, did he play? He did play. He started oh. started his first game for Arsenal, and, and look how
1: that worked
0: out. Whew, you know what? He was good. He was very good. He created a chance for Lacazette that he almost scored, but almost isn't enough. I am done. very worried about Arsenal at the moment, and. The club has reached an all new level of toxicity that is maybe even unprecedented compared to when Arson was on his last legs and there are constant Wenger out banners and there are planes flying over the ground. Like So much crazy shit happened when Wenger was in charge and yet this feels bigger than any of that because we just don't play well ever. And that's a real worry, considering Arsenal have a very good run of fixtures, very winnable fixtures, until we play Man City in, like, game week, what, 17? And I just don't have any confidence that we're going to win them. So, Shaka obviously had this... um, told the fans to fuck off as he was being booed and jeered off the pitch still i think my best
1: tweet this season is that i play football better than shaka and i had to come off two minutes into oh what was it 30 (laughs) seconds into a -a five-a-side match because i was out of breath
0: i bet you didn't tell the fans to fuck off when you did it no we didn't
1: have any fans also i couldn't breathe so i (laughs) needed to just come off i couldn't say anything
0: I'm sure there would be some Arsenal fans that would hope that is the situation with Shaka. But yeah, unfortunately he has up until now been playing every game and I don't know, it felt really, really horrible. It was a horrible situation. Um Torreira was crying. What? Hector Bellerin had to go over to him and give him a little hug. What
1: was he crying um, for? Men need to
0: Because get their he's shit an emotional together. guy. What
1: was he There's crying? There's nothing about? wrong with that. But what was he crying for? Because about?
0: Because his captain and his mate was being booed off the pitch by sixty thousand people. Maybe he should Not sixty thousand people, better. but Yeah, and this is, you know, not being funny, but not- you're getting
1: paid for this? like that's actually your job if I went into work and was terrible at my job and people started booing me I'd be
0: like oh, okay I'll, you'd be like
1: I'll be better next time
0: you'd be loving it you'd be loving it if people were booing you every time you came in you'd be like yeah I'm a badass
1: no I'd feel no. rubbish but like I'd then go on and do better next time like you know I wouldn't mess around yeah. all
0: week. see I think there's a problem here though because it's not It's not Shaka's fault that he plays every game and captains every game. There is a coach who keeps picking him. And there is a part of me that does wonder, like with the way he drew out the whole like captaincy thing, is this kind of just a weird roundabout way of just really hanging him out to dry in front of the fans? But then I I don't really understand why you do that. Why wouldn't you just not play him and try to win more games? I... I can understand if he'd done that with Urzil, where he just played him every game and made him captain, and Urzil being repeatedly shit. And then the fans would all be like, oh, okay, maybe Urzil isn't actually that good. Maybe he should be dropped. But you have this weird problem at the moment where Arsenal fans want Urzil to play. Urzil keeps taking snide digs on social media at Emery and Shaka has been booed off by half the fans and thrown the captaincy uh, armband and taken his shirt off stormed down the tunnel and just went home during the game so like I don't really um well actually I don't know if that was confirmed that someone said that I don't know if that actually was true in the end he might have still been there but it doesn't look good for Arsenal is what I'm trying to say and from a fantasy point of view I mean I'm gonna have to I'm gonna to have to live with it I brought in Tierney I've still got Guendouzi sitting in my team but I'm not really using him um and I'm definitely keeping Aubameyang for at least one more week but I don't really know where Arsenal are going to go from here they just seem like a harder void which I wouldn't have said about Aubameyang earlier in the season but then you never know it's fantasy football something crazy might happen they might go and beat Wolves 7-0 next week and we'll all be like what the hell how how did this happen Emery never wins games like this so, Man United, who I thought were the absolute worst team in the league and were going to get relegated, all of a sudden they bring Martial, who's 7.5, into the team and he's playing as a striker and they look freaking brilliant.
1: Where's he been prior to now?
0: He's been injured. Oh. And hey, guess what? We have a new player, a new contestant who hasn't blanked at all this season, apart from one sub appearance, which I would like to say that doesn't count because he only played for like 13 minutes. But he hasn't blanked in any of his starts this season. I think he's had five in total.
1: That's not that many, to be fair. Like that's yeah, not but, a lot of starts.
0: But also, in a time where we're looking for value in the FPL team, I think it's seven point five. He looks like a, a good pick, especially as he's playing as the main striker Is for he Man United in the game he's a midfielder in the game but a striker in the real game so I probably wouldn't have said it at the start of the season but seeing how him and Rashford linked up I thought they looked brilliant and I'm genuinely considering bringing him in they have Bournemouth next away from home then it's Brighton at home then it's Sheffield United away Aston Villa at home Spurs at home Man City away so there are some good fixtures there and I think if they If they can keep up this sort of good link up and he doesn't get injured again, he could be a really smart option, a really good one to to pick up now, ahead of time, if you have the cash lying around. And, you know, maybe if you're someone like me and you're thinking, I might downgrade Aubameyang to Jamie Vardy and then just slyly move Marcy Allen as well, I think he could be a good option. I'm just, I'm still not sure about Man United. I don't, I don't know that, I think Solskjaer's an awful manager, but... I also think Martial is a very, very good player and could be a nice little differential in this current period of games.
1: My problem is their inability to score penalties.
0: Yeah, so Martial did, of course, miss a penalty in this game, but he also scored from open play and his goal was sensational.
1: Yeah, but Rashford missed a penalty and then scored and assisted, so...
0: Yeah, but he's, he's more expensive and he's a striker and he's a little bitch...
1: Is cruel just the best penalty saver of all time?
0: He actually is. Um, That's his
1: third penalty. The the two and penalties two and three that he saved this season, right?
0: Yes. So I, I remember he was brought on. I think it was a World Cup semi final for the Netherlands. He came on for the first choice goalkeeper for a penalty shootout, and oh, he saved like just three pens. he's good at
1: penalties.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Uh, and, and he saved a bunch of penalties and they won the shootout quite comfortably. Really? So, Tim Krul is very good at saving penalties. How much is he? Four point what?
1: Must be 4.5 still, I reckon.
0: Apparently he's yellow flagged again though, so... I guess if you want someone who might... I mean, Norwich look like they're going to concede penalties every week, <laughs> so...
1: <sighs> I wouldn't be getting him in because I don't think Norwich will ever keep a clean sheet yeah so no they're a better 4.4 4. well I don't know if they are a better 4.5 men or well, Sheffield Henderson is only 4.6 to be fair to the kid
0: yeah he's he's the best also
1: although cruel with his penalty saves is doing better than Heaton who's still at 4.5 so
0: hmm regrettably we should shout out Gatsuniga because he did actually end up with eight points yeah. this week
1: Mad. 12 saves
0: it's it's genuinely outrageous I don't think they're going to come up against a team that shoots that many times and doesn't score in future but I'd agree who knows uh but yeah I'd I'd still pass on him I I think Henderson is a great option you know they're what the best defense in the league at the moment Mm. Sheffield United so I think he's a really good shout for goalkeeper and I might just play him every week from now on although I've currently got pope to start this week
1: Yeah, because aston villa have really terrible fixtures i haven't like there's a run of three weeks where i'm definitely not playing heaton yeah so pope needs to step his game up
0: yeah agreed agreed um okay who else west ham yarmolenko incredible incredible assist just wanted to say he was a great pick from you thank you um i haven't seen the, the
1: assists, so i'll just take your word for
0: it it was really nice it's it's weird sheffield united do like to get caught out in weird situations they basically left the entirety of the middle of the pitch wide open (laughs) and yarmolenko just just played this it was a fantastic little um connection but it's just like a long kick and he just um he hit it perfectly on i do not think it was a volley i think it was a sort of half volley but it was really really good Norwich Dreadful, Pookie is is gone, isn't he? Like, all that early season promise. I mean, I know he is being transferred out by loads of people, but what's what's going on with those guys? Brighton up next. I feel like that could be a goal fest. I'm really excited about it. But, yeah, it's kind of sad times for old, old Pooks. Um, should we move on to the domestic, the denialist domestic, yeah. see what's going on in that? Sure.
1: So I just double-checked this, and I'm glad I did, because I thought we only had one top scorer this game week. It's a lie. We've got two. Both Kieran Weekly and Sam Coulson both scored 86 points this week. Congrats to you guys. Kieran managed it with Vardy, Chilwell, Yamalenko, Sterling, KDB, Tammy and Mount. Sam Coulson, on the other hand, managed it with the most balmy team I've ever seen. And actually... He could have finished on 95 points if he'd got his team the right way around because he left LaSalle's third on the bench.
0: Understandably.
1: Well, no, because he played Clark.
0: As in... Kieran Clark. Kieran Clark. Oh, no. (laughs) It
1: just was baffling. What? So he made the 86 points um, with David Luiz, Salah, Pulisic, Perez, Rashford... I'm Kane, captain.
0: Okay, he has not changed his <laughs> team since game week one, has he? I don't
1: know. I haven't looked. That is. I don't want to look.
0: That is either outrageous or he's just. Yeah, no, he's got you're faith right. in his boys. No,
1: you're one hundred percent right.
0: Yeah, I mean, anyone who still has Iozi Perez hasn't changed their team since. Well, that's the thing. It's so annoying. I. I rec- I would be doing better, I'm sure of it, if I just left my team the same as as it was game week 1. I
1: have lucked out a lot by not wildcarding when I initially said I was going to wildcard after yeah. game week
0: 8. I wouldn't call that lucky, that's just well, like not make it not trying to overthink it yeah, or I make this because that's kind of what I did, right? I made a decision because I could make the decision decision and I was getting increasingly pissed off with Tierlemans because I was watching Leicester basically create nothing game after game mm. and still winning games but like I just thought I'm not gonna get you, this team isn't gonna score more than three goals in a game there's absolutely no way yeah. <laughs> and then they go and do it I, I think also the thing that pushed me over the edge of them is the Newcastle game where they won 5-0 and Tillemans didn't do anything mm. uh, had no goal involvement but I think Perez had an assist even and yeah, it, it was stuff like that, but I made that move and now I'm I'm kind of feeling like I have to stick with it because if I try to go crazy and, and switch everything up again, I think I just haven't given it long enough. Yeah. But it is strange because it feels like this season is very hard to predict.
1: And you know what's the maddest thing is that in like smaller mini leagues, I'd say like in mini leagues with less than a hundred people in, it's really tight. Like still the points differences is so tight. Like in one yeah. of the mini leagues that we're both in, I jumped 15, 16 places this week. Hmm. No, I've had two good game weeks in a row and I've yeah. gone from like 30th to ninth.
0: Yeah. Which is yeah. Nice. C- comparatively, I've scored below average three weeks in a row, <laughs> which has been incredible. But like this week, right, it was the haves and have nots the haves obviously been the people who own Leicester players and if you own Leicester players it was it was an insane week it was so so good so that was such a crazy thing that probably isn't going to happen frequently but then I don't know like the season has been so weird Football has become so uh, particularly football fans have become so data driven and everyone has access to XG stats and, you know, all of this information about how many shots teams are taking. And you can even look at really advanced um, metrics if you're like a, a super nerd. But we have all this stuff available and it tells us a certain story of how good a team is. And then you've got teams like Leicester who are just completely breaking it. And you've got teams like Man United who were creating no chances but kept scoring go- well, kept not scoring goals from getting penalties. But, like, I, I don't really know what to think of anything at the moment. Like, I look at these teams and I'm like, who are the good ones other than Liverpool who keep winning games? But even Liverpool, they don't look like the Liverpool of last season. Salah, for example, he is too expensive to keep hold of, surely, at this point. Like,
1: but I'm too scared to get rid of it
0: yeah but like his his value his actual monetary value but versus what he's delivering it's just completely out of whack and i don't i don't even watch him and think that he's i always used to watch salah and think oh he's got to deliver like a hat trick or four goals Mm. in a game soon and he always did but when i'm watching salah lately i'm like this guy just doesn't look very good at the moment. Yeah, he's
1: never like a captain contender for me anymore.
0: Yeah, and that's weird because he was so so good for such a a long time. And the more I look at him, the more I think he's just kind of like this is his real level mm. where he's still good and he still scores goals, but he's not scoring like two goals every game. Yeah. And it actually looks like Mane is the player who's taken the four, and he's the one who won the penalty. I don't know if it's just a spell of bad form, because it's that's probably what it is to be honest. But like every time I see him pick up the ball, it's like he's giving it away. But he's not getting in the same positions that he did last season or the season before. And he's also when he gets the ball in a dangerous position, his finishing has been dreadful this year. But I don't know. May, maybe it will change, and that's why I'm looking at my team. And I've got I've got like two Bournemouth strikers. And it's it's awful. It looked great because they were playing Norwich and Watford back to, uh, sorry, Watford and Norwich back to back. And instead they've kept three clean sheets in a row yeah. and they haven't scored. Like, how has that happened? How have Bournemouth done this? Like, this is a thing they never do. But apparently they did it in 2018. 17 and like 2016 or something as well like around about october november kept three clean sheets in a row i don't know if it's a weird seasonal thing um but yeah it's it's all been very crazy
1: i'd just like to say thank you to everyone who has has ever been nice to us about this podcast i appreciate it and i'm sure dan does a lot it yeah. means a lot. No, it it's very agrees. nice when you do that. And also you mentioned <laughs> uh, XG and I'd just like to read something that our friend Barney from Twitter said uh, to me last week, which was that our podcast over XG wanking is why he likes the podcast. Keep it up. <laughs> and I really appreciated that.
0: Okay, that's nice. XG's fun. XG's fun some people. For nerds. Oh, this is it. Yeah, let's do a bit of XG nerding. So the Burnley-Chelsea game, I think Burnley had 2.65 XG to Chelsea's 0.87. Right. And, you know, that what that tells you is clearly Chelsea didn't have very good chances and they scored lots of goals. But then I said it to to my friend and he was like, XG fails again. And I was like, what? That's not, that doesn't even make sense. It's not... <laughs> How does it fail? Because it's not trying to predict a score before the match. It's trying to tell you how good the chances were for a team. Because if it was always exactly matching with the result, it would just be the score line. And I thought that was a very weird weird take to have. But yeah. I
1: thought that's what XG was. See, this is why people like our podcast, because I don't know what XG really is.
0: And now you know, it, well, kind I of, have maybe. I no idea.
1: So, yeah, it's just nice. People have Some people we know have said some nice things about our podcast recently. And yeah. if you're someone we don't know and you've said something nice about our podcast recently, we really appreciate it. Because you owe us nothing. Just like yeah. how we owe you nothing.
0: <laughs> okay, go we can have a preview. What's coming up? What's coming up in the football? We got born the as Man United, early kickoff. I haven't so. even
1: looked at the fixtures. I've been so wrapped up in my great scores from the last two weeks. I don't even look forward anymore. I just look back.
0: that's a good way to live your life i think just always live in the past (laughs) especially if the past was better than right now no regrets and certainly don't try and improve yourself ever which is kind of the approach i'm taking with my fantasy team i'm like what's the point trying to improve it anymore it's all gone to shit so i may as well just keep it the same and the chances are there's going to be a week where my team does really well because i have none of the players everyone else owns but um yeah bournemouth man united is the early kickoff Nail. I still have Callum Wilson and Josh King, and I'm wondering, do I transfer one of them out for Connolly for that Norwich game? Or do I captain Callum Wilson? <laughs> because why not? Why not? I may as well break the, 12, the first kickoff of the week rule because freaking Jamie Vardy and Iose Perez shat all over that this week. So it makes sense, right? They're playing Man United, Man United rubbish. Or should I bring in Anthony Martial and captain him?
1: I don't think you should do any of the things you've just said.
0: Okay, cool, because I'm going to Captain Trossard anyway. Excellent. And we all know that. Um, but yeah, this looks like it could be a fun game. But then I think about how Bournemouth have played for their last three. And I'm like, wait, their games have been no fun. None of it has been fun. And I I just don't understand. Like, a Bournemouth got to get relegated now? Is the prophecy finally going to come true that I've been begging to, to come to fruition for the last few years every time I predict them to go down. This year, I don't predict it. And now they can't score goals all of a sudden. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overreacting. But what do you think, Natalie? What is, is going to happen in this game? A Man United good again? A Bournemouth rubbish? What, what's going on? No, no. No, oh, not enough. <laughs> Please, no. If I get one point from Callum Wilson again...
1: oh, You might get two points.
0: I I swear, two weeks in a row he's been booked. It's so... Oh, no, it wasn't... It must have been Josh King in the other one who got booked. Or maybe I'm just making it... Yeah, yeah, so I've got three points between the two of them for two weeks in a row, which is ridiculous. So, yeah, I I think what we're saying is no one has any idea what's going to go on in this game, which I guess is what makes it kind of good. Mm. It's, It's quite nice to own players in a match where you're like, I don't really know what's going to happen here. Um, Would it be outrageous for me to take a minus four this week? Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's okay. The nice news for this weekend is we have a lot of games kicking off at 3pm. Uh, a whole, what, six? Which means that basically my entire week is going to be done on Saturday, which is fantastic because I hate having to wait around till Sunday. Arsenal play Wolves, uh, Villa play Liverpool, Brighton play Norwich, Man City play Southampton, Sheffield United play Burnley, West Ham play Newcastle and that's all at 3pm. Which is nice because if I do pick Trossard as my captain against Norwich, I'll at least know what the outcome is before the end of the day. I'll know it by like 5pm or whatever. And I won't have to wait to see how like Mane or Kevin De Bruyne or whatever does against uh, their crappy teams that are playing. Anything stand out to you here? What what do you foresee happening?
1: Yeah, I foresee Brighton scoring some goals. I foresee Man City scoring goals against Southampton, but I don't foresee a (laughs) 9-0. I foresee a 0-0 for Sheffield and Burnley.
0: Oh, that'd be good.
1: Mm. I think that's that's what's gonna happen there.
0: Wait, okay, a nil nil. Yeah, but who who's gonna make more saves?
1: Who will have more nils? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Henderson will have more saves.
0: So what you're telling me is I should play Sheffield Henderson this oh, weekend.
1: Yes i didn't realize your situation yes i think you were. Um, i don't know no it's at home I, um, I think you should
0: have they kept any clean sheets at home who sheffield yeah united
1: they must have done
0: against palace um conceded two at home against leicester one at home they lost one nil to southampton <laughs> <You win some laughs> that's crazy that's crazy they've actually lost a lot of games at home one nil uh but they've also beaten Arsenal. I think 1-0. it's
1: safer to play Pope because he will face less shots. Fewer. I think.
0: <laughs> fewer <laughs> shots Why he not? will face. Why
1: not less shots? He will face less shots.
0: Because if it's a countable noun, it is fewer. And
1: this is boring.
0: Back on topic. Uh who we got? So Sheffield Henderson, I'm playing him mm-hmm. because he's the least safe option, which I like. Okay. I'm a big fan. Brighton Norwich, yeah, goal fest. Who, who's going to be the standout player in that game? Do we think Trossard will start? Do we think Mopé's going to announce himself? Do we think this is a time for Cantwell and Pukki to get back on their goal-scoring horse? No. No? No. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, sorry, Norwich, then. Who are you captaining?
1: Um, it's looking like Sterling at the moment, with, Le- with Vardy vice,
0: Is there any chance that Southampton, because they obviously play midweek against Man City at the Etihad in the League Cup, um, and then they go to the Etihad on Saturday to play them again. This is
1: very Arsenal.
0: Yeah, and I remember... In the League
1: Cup final.
0: Pretty much the worst week as an Arsenal fan that I can remember, besides maybe this week. Arsenal play Wolves. Do I do I keep Aubameyang? Do I, go, do I just move him? Uh, uh, I've got to keep him for this. Yeah, He's at home, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Keep him.
0: Liverpool away to Aston Villa. So we were speaking a minute ago about Liverpool and how, you know, Salah isn't quite firing at the moment. Do we think this could be a big score? Because Liverpool seem to me this season, like they've turned into this ruthless winning machine they don't they do control games but they do not score loads it's not chaotic like it used to be it's not like every game finishes like 5-4 or like 5-1 or 5-0 it's usually like oh they win it 2-0 or 2-1 yeah or (laughs) 1-0 like
1: I think if Villa like keep their shit together hmm. I think this wouldn't be more than like a 2-1 or a 3-1 I don't trust Liverpool to keep clean sheets anymore um
0: it should be said, they were a little bit unlucky at the weekend.
1: And I, you know what? I did think Robertson looked really good.
0: He did. He's and really obviously, good.
1: Like, Robertson is actually really good.
0: Yeah, him, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, both amazing players. And I would say they're a little bit unlucky to concede. It was It was kind of like, I don't want to be really um about Spurs, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. But like one of the, the trends, I, I feel that, has happened with Spurs in the last sort of two or three years when they've been really really good is that a lot of luck seems to fall their way and what I mean by that is if you look at their first goal it was Son taking a shot from outside the box and it just ricochets off a player and then hits a crossbar and falls directly into Kane's path now obviously Kane needs to be in the right position to to score it but that is something that's happened quite a lot. And I think there's an element of them controlling that luck that they've created. Like Son is a player who will shoot. All, uh, they have lots of players who will shoot from anywhere on the pitch. And the one I always go back to is that Debravka one where it was nil-nil in like the 93rd minute. And Son takes a crappy shot and Debravka just lets it roll through his hands. But like a lot of that seems to happen with Spurs. And of course Alisson is now back for Liverpool and i feel like they should improve defensively over the next sort of 6 weeks considering that and you should hopefully see some clean sheets but maybe that's just me trying to convince myself that, that that's going to happen but i i mean spurs could have scored again in that game as well but it was a similar thing it's just son picking up the ball and sprinting to the other end of the pitch like that was it was kind of impressive but also you know you can't you can't regularly expect to score from that sort of tactic it's you have to control the game a bit more um city southampton i'm not sure about that one i'm really not sure how that's gonna go like when you've been beaten 9-0 there has to be a response and i wonder like you would obviously look at that game and be like they've just been beaten 9-0 i need to get in the players who are playing against them or i need to captain them but remember what happened when Watford got beaten 8-0, like they've started keeping clean sheets. Yeah. It's, it, it's strange. I, I think when you have an embarrassment or a humiliation like that, the approach changes. It's like, I just need to not let this happen again because this is such a, a dangerous situation. If they go and get beaten 5-0 by City, like that is disastrous for their confidence. And I think there will be a fair amount of focus on being defensively solid against man city but they'll probably still lose but you know you, you can't you can't know for sure um west ham newcastle could be an interesting one also think it might be a boring one because newcastle are very stodgy at the moment and just yeah uh watford play chelsea at 5:30 and it, this is just the thing right like i've brought Matt in he's playing chelsea and I know it's not a game I should play him in, but I want to play him in it because he's my new signing. He's my shiny new fantasy player. Do I do it now? He's at home at Vicarage Road. They keep keeping clean sheets. Surely, right? It's a great call.
1: It's not what I'd do, but it's not my team, so.
0: Yeah, I just I've I've hit that moment where I'm just like, I just want to have fun with it. I want to do crazy shit, but then I don't know who I'd who I'd take out. So it'd have to be one of the Bournemouth boys, or it'd have to be Tierney. Oh no, I can't do that. Uh, even though Arsenal will definitely concede so Mm. Mm. he's a differential at least um any love for a Chelsea captain in this one nah so you're you're certainly buying into the Watford is good defensively narrative I like it no
1: I just don't want a captain Tammy Abraham
0: huh okay oh speaking of Tammy Abraham did you see the Chelsea game the Uh, weekend
1: only bits of it like maybe 15 minutes of it
0: what do you think of Abraham
1: he's tall (laughs) <laughs> okay he tries okay
0: i was just I, I didn't think he was very good like he didn't he got an assist where he just passed it to thingy pulisic and he ran on and scored
1: he hasn't necessarily been that good like this season. he just you know he's just tall he just runs and he's tall
0: that's that's his thing man he's just a tall guy but yeah he he did have this amazing run of form i'm just wondering like i'm, I'm kind of projecting that's gonna his crazy run of scoring is going to stop and he might go quiet for a while but it it has but then you know you take I guess most people would take the five point return over a two point return so it's kind of annoying when that stuff happens when like you don't own him and you're watching the game and you're like yeah Tammy Abraham's done nothing today and then a sideways pass ends up being an assist Mm. you're like oh man I can't catch a break it sucks Uh, Then Sunday, we have Crystal Palace versus Leicester, which I think is going to be a good game, because I think Palace will win it. (laughs) What do we think?
1: I don't know. I couldn't call it. I'd hope that there were a few goals in this, but I really don't know.
0: Hmm. Obviously, Palace quite solid at the back, but Leicester hot off the the back of that 9-0 win. They'll be feeling very confident. And they just seem to have the knack at the moment. Even when they don't, even when they don't play that well, they they score. And I've got to say, I envy that. Uh, and then the late kickoff is Everton versus Spurs. I seem to remember last season this fixture had a lot of goals in it. You remember?
1: No, not at all.
0: It was like seven three. What? It was the one where was it six? Was it six one? <laughs> what the fuck was the score? I no <laughs> Wait,
1: idea. I don't recall this match.
0: It was crazy. I I just remember it completely. You know when Son, just like over Christmas, just got really good? Oh,
1: that was annoying.
0: It was 6-2. That was the score. And I'm just trying to figure out if it was the home game. uh, Sorry, the game at Goodison or the game at Wembley? They were still at Wembley last season, weren't they? Uh, Yeah, it was the one at Everton. And it was the 23rd of December. Oh, God, it was two days before Christmas. I had no idea. Mm. yeah that that worries me i think history has a tendency to repeat itself in football and son has been looking quite good recently to the point where i'm even a little bit tempted to just transfer to pointer out for son oh my god it's gone i've gone crazy that late i don't Definitely know what to do
1: do not do that
0: if you have son though i think that's a good outside shout as a captain purely going on on last season's scoreline it's just it's a thing that happens in football like the score will be the same it will be inevitable and everyone will kick themselves for not having seen it coming and didn't Watford also beat Chelsea it wasn't last season but I think it was the season before being oh, at was home that like 5-3 one,
1: on the Monday
0: yeah yeah so maybe that'll happen for Watford as well that'd be good I genuinely don't know what I'm gonna do captaincy wise I, I think I'm I'm currently on Trossard because I think I think why not? I don't love that away game at Villa for Liverpool and Brighton at home. I just think it's I think it's nice. I think it's good. It feels good, it feels right, but I also don't know if Trossard's going to start, so hmm All right, should we do our clean sheet cup?
1: Yeah, please. Uh, you can go first because I got a point last week and you didn't.
0: Who did I say? I can't even remember?
1: You said Southampton.
0: Are you kidding me <laughs> oh my goodness oh oh wow
1: and i said man city
0: i just don't understand it's genuinely it's been a knock for my confidence that result for some reason i just can't ever see brighton keeping a clean sheet like i know that they're good defensively but i always look at them and i'm like "Mm, you're gonna concede because you just love to do it well i feel like i could go for a banger and have sheffield united burnley is nil nil
1: you can't because i said that
0: yeah but i go first
1: (laughs) i don't i think that's unfair i think that would be unfair if you did that
0: um but it also kind of defeats the purpose of me going first right if i can't pick any anyone that i want (sighs) i'm not gonna go for it anyway because i don't think it's gonna be nil nil okay i want to go for an edgy one uh i think all these teams are going to concede can i just say no clean sheets so i get a point for that
1: yeah you know yes you can if there's like no goal score if you say no clean sheets and there, <laughs> there are, are no, no clean, clean, sheets. clean sheets for the whole thing you can have three points
0: oh but now i have a cognitive dissonance because i want there to be clean sheets because i want to get points well mm, yeah i don't, I don't want to watch the world ban yet but i'm going to use that in future weeks, because I think that day is coming. I'm gonna say Crystal Palace against Leicester. <laughs> uh, what have I done?
1: Uh, I am gonna say Sheffield Burnley, no.
0: Thought so. uh right. Well, I think that rounds off this podcast. Yeah. For the week, we've we've had a, a fun time. We've spoken about all of the football and i'd like to take a moment to wish everyone good luck in game week 11 you can of course follow us on twitter at the you can also reach us via email at hello at if you have any questions or just want to want to say nice stuff uh also another place you can say nice stuff is on apple podcasts where you can review us and you can say i don't know i like dan's hair i think dan's a cool guy i think natalie's knowledge of football surpasses many of the professional pundits (laughs) on tv um and you can also give us five stars there and and i just like to say we really appreciate it we really appreciate everyone who does listen to this podcast and you're great so until next week guys peace out
1: bye